Welcome to the Ed Essentials Podcast, a show that equips educators through stories and insights. Before we start today's show, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out, and it really helps other educators find us. On today's show, we have Amanda and Caleb Bonger. They are both principals at the same school district. They're at the Maquoketa School District here in Iowa. Um, Amanda is the principal of their middle school, and Caleb is the principal at their elementary school. And so... On this show, we dive into how they maintain their balance. Being a principal is crazy busy, and let alone both of them being principals and having two kids plus one on the way. That's nuts. So I asked them a lot about how they maintain that balance and how they encourage their staff to try and find balance as well. I also asked them about the lessons they've learned from their schools and how they apply them to each other's schools, which is kind of a unique situation. Um, How they empower teachers, advice for future administrators. And honestly, guys, This episode, Caleb and Amanda just keep things real about school leadership. So, without further ado, please welcome on to the Ed Essentials Podcast, Amanda and Caleb Bonger. Okay, so what is it like to both be principals? You know, I talked about my mom being a principal um, and my dad being a teacher and raising three kids is a lot for anyone, but then the crazy schedules of educators. And so I can only imagine what the lifestyle and household might be like for you guys where you're both principals having to maintain that balance, help run schools, help make decisions that are, you know, keeping you past school till maybe six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Plus you've got two kids, one on the way, like, how do you maintain all this balance and what kind of conversations do you two have? Cause I think a lot of listeners are really interested to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) there's some things that are tough. I mean, I I think if we were to be a hundred percent honest, that's probably one area that we both feel we need to continue to grow in. Um, I think in years one, two, and three of being principals for us, I mean, you throw a pandemic in the middle of that, it hasn't been a normal start. Um, You know, and and I look at like my own parents and family with my dad being a principal too. You know, it's always been one of those things where I think sometimes, you know, collectively as a family, like one person makes a change or a step, but we both got into the principalship in the same year. Um, So it's, it's been a shock that I still don't know if fully worn off. I do do think we've gotten better about prioritizing yes so whereas in years one and one and a half and sometimes two we definitely would stay later at work a lot more often Mm -hmm. Um, but then our kids are getting older and more involved too so it's really putting their their calendar first Mm -hmm. so if they have dance or piano or whatever it might be then we can come home and work when they go to bed that's been something trying to shut the technology off when we are home together this year has been a big push Mm -hmm. i also think last spring when we were all kind of on lockdown together that was a lot of change for us as well because we're normally such busy people all four of us Mm -hmm. um but kind of a a, i'm grateful for it as well the time we got to have together to really refocus on us Mm -hmm. we started family meetings during quarantine (laughs) so that was a good change yeah yeah and I, i would just you know to piggyback on that i think what what we've really started to see more is there's that idea of sometimes we're the best experts, but we don't take our own advice. 
And I think what this year we've really had to start doing is taking our own advice. Um, So like when we're telling others that they need to slow down, they need to take care of themselves. They need to put family first. um, You know, it's easy to say that. And you, you want that for all of your staff. You want that for everybody, but then you got to look in the mirror and be like, but am I doing that for myself? Cause if, if they're looking at me and they're saying like, okay, he's saying it, but he's still not doing it. Like that's not the message I want communicated. So we've really both had to work on that throughout the year too. Um, we catch each other reminding each other a lot of that. Um, I tend to gravitate towards my phone more. So, I mean, Amanda's got Lincoln catching me now with that too and calling me out when I'm, when I'm on it too much. And (laughs) I mean, it, but it is like what, what I think has really been nice is we've really empowered our kids to help communicate with us too. Um, you know, and, and overall, like we've gone through some growing pains and some struggles, but it's, it's only made us better. And I think it's made us better leaders too, um, of being able to, you know, really, you know, dial that in and, and focus in on it more. I, I think another interesting thing is a lot of our staff are, are young parents or, or parents with kids still in school and stuff too. Um, and that's not always something that you see in a lot of leaders. I mean, I think sometimes leaders, they, they enter that path later in their career and we're kind of doing it earlier in our career. So we are able to like reach out to those and like, we're going through the same thing. So we understand where you're coming from and and allows us to have that grace and stuff with our staff and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really happy that you guys mentioned that modeling piece. Like it, it forces you to prioritize, but like you said, you could still be going to work until seven or eight o'clock at night Mm -hmm. and then not really showing that your, your staff that Hey, even I'm taking time for myself to, to prioritize my children, prioritize my family, prioritize self-care, whatever it is. But too often we don't see leaders model that we just kind of hear the, Oh, you guys need to take care of yourself. And then it comes off poorly. You know what I mean? Well, and one of us isn't home more than the other, you know, sometimes in professions, one of you is super busy and one Mm -hmm. of you can be home more. And with us, we really have to communicate with each other okay, who's mm-hmm. picking up who, who's going where tonight? And, mm-hmm. and that's been a big uh, piece of what helps us work. Not saying we work well all the mm-hmm. time. That's not, that's yeah. not true. So the other day I was talking to my, my staff member or one of my staff members who is uh, one of my veteran teachers that she's one of those that stays until after five. Now her kids aren't in, in school anymore. They're, they're out and enjoying their own careers now. Um, and I was telling her like, you need to go home. Like you, you need to take a break, enjoy the weekend. You need to go home. And it, it was a good reflection for me because I was one of those teachers. And I, as a principal, I never left the building until f- after five, like never. Um, my Amanda would call me over the last couple of years and be like, Hey, it's your turn to pick up the kids. And you're a minute late now because it's five o'clock and they're not home yet. And you haven't left school uh, yet. yet. (laughs) Um, and you know, I I had to reflect on that when I was talking to her, I said, you know what the biggest difference is, is this year, my daughter's in preschool and she goes to the afternoon section or session. And we did the same thing with Lincoln where he would always come to my office. Now Lincoln's a pretty docile kid. He's Mm -hmm. not getting into everything. Um, my daughter is not, (laughs) she, she is like Lincoln could come in and he's like, okay, I'm going to sit here on my iPad and I'm going to entertain myself. And she is like asking for a thousand snacks. She is like, I'm going to send you a picture hunter. Oh gosh. He sends me pictures like every couple days. One (sighs) is of her like totally upside down on a desk chair watching her. Oh my gosh. (laughs) With her snacks. I mean, she is an animal. And so where I have teachers that, you know, 345 is contract time. They're, they're walking out of the building. 
I'm trying to be out of the building by like 4.15 now, 4.30, because <laughs> I, I'm not able to get that work done because she's just done. She's like, she's ready to go home and hang out and have a good time. And, and so it's, it, you know, initially it's that idea of I could get upset about it and I could get frustrated about it, or I can embrace it because it, she's telling me I need to go do that and, and take that time. And if, and if it's really important work, I'll do it after they go to bed. But in reality, I mean, we hear too often that there's the right things you have to do. And then there's the stuff that can wait till tomorrow. And far too often, the stuff that was keeping me at school is the stuff that could wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it's not the high priority stuff. It's the, the I need to catch up and, and feel good about it. Um, and so that's been been a very good um, you know, lesson to be learned from that. Yeah. And you're I feel like as leaders, you have to be super intentional with your time, too, because, you know, if you're going in and maybe this is like a reflection from first year to now, but for me, when I was in some leadership roles, I felt like I had to be doing everything. I felt like I had to have my voice in every single pocket of whatever was going on within the organization. And and I realized that was just unsustainable. And so it taught me a little bit that, Hey, you can put people in positions to kind of delegate some responsibility out. So then you can protect your time. So you can leave school by four fifteen. you can go home and make sure you don't miss picking up your kids, all that stuff. Like, <laughs> but I think as leaders and especially you know, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are wanting to get into administration. I think that's something maybe you two could speak to is just the protecting of your time and figuring out, like you said, Caleb, what can wait till tomorrow and what absolutely needs my attention right now. Yeah. Right. And I, like we've said a little bit, I think that, that is not something we were great at at year one. And if going back, I could change some of the, you know, staying late or choosing work over family time, I definitely would go back and change that. Mm-hmm. I know I mentioned that we started some family meetings and that's not for everybody, but, and we don't get to it every week, but that's been something that's kind of just helped us check in each week. Like, where are you at? What's going on? What's our focus? Mm-hmm. Um, that's been very helpful. Like I, I know everybody's busy and like I said, we don't always get to it, but that's definitely been something that's helped us in our home life to just mm-hmm. kind of settle down, refocus, because even though we might be home spending time with them, our minds are still 5,000 directions going mm-hmm. a million miles a minute. But yeah. I mean, we've learned a lot through the whole process. I mean, just everything going into it. Um, this last year, we, as a district, we've um, started to implement leader and me. Yeah. And, and leader and me as much and as amazing as it is for the kids, it's been amazing for us as adults too. I mean, I think that's something that's really helped. It's framed a lot of our conversations at home yeah. and even between Amanda and I, you know, looking at accountability partners, I know Amanda is always going to have my back, but I also know that I can't put everything on her to hold me accountable for. Like I'm going to have to get some accountability partners at school and stuff too. And so, you know, I've been leaning more on like my instructional coach this year. I just had one of my teachers. who's one of my accountability partners that we just put in place this last week. Call me out on Facebook for not getting my workouts (laughs) in this week. Um, And, and, you know, but it's those types of things that really, you know, with us as both as leaders, we understand that we can't put it all on each other either. And it's shown us even more the importance of building leaders around us at school, um, because that's only going to help everybody. And it's, that's been a tremendous thing that I feel like we've both learned and have really worked hard to do. And like you said, Hunter, you you can't carry it all alone. Mm -hmm. And you know, you want to do that sometimes, but being ready to let, let some things go Mm -hmm. is how you help yourself ultimately. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you both are being super transparent too with those people who are your accountability partners to 
really sort of establish what you want to be successful in. Like if you mm-hmm. want to work out seven days, days a week, and that's something that's really hard. And then you've got someone you're actually get telling them that goal. I think a lot of us have these things that we want to achieve, but we're too afraid or maybe stubborn as mm-hmm. leaders to try and tell people like what we want to actually achieve. And we oh, we're, yeah. we're fear of being embarrassed or fear of not actually following through or whatever. Well, but yeah, I think too, in education, teachers, everybody in the education field, our lives kind of are a bit, um, guarded, if you will, you know, we have a different set of standards and we hold ourselves up to these standards. And part of that, we feel like we can't always be real. And I think you've got to be a little bit more real to, to get that accountability going and that transparency and honesty in your leadership and your teaching and and all through the culture of your school. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, I, I love how, as we were talking about being real, we have kids going on in the back. Yeah. That's the most real thing that could happen. <laughs> I love that. So you kind of talked a little bit about empowering your children to do these family meetings uh, and, and talk to you guys. And so I'm curious how you go about empowering your teachers within your schools and you both are at different schools. So I'm sure you might do that maybe in similar or some different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, within my building, I I think one of the biggest things that I try to do when I walked into my position, so a a lot like Amanda, uh, stepping out of some comfort zones throughout her, her path into leadership and stuff. Um, most of my time, like Amanda, I wanted to be at the elementary level, but a lot of my, you know, time as a teacher and as a coach was spent at that intermediate to middle school level. And so for me to go and change paths and go to an early childhood center, you know, a, a PK2 building, um, when I first interviewed, I was very blunt and upfront with my staff that I am not the expert. If you are trying to hire somebody that's going to be an expert in early childhood, I am not your person. Um, what I feel I'm strong in are, are the things that I'm, you know, committed to, you know, helping generate a better culture, helping build a vision, helping us work to achieve the goals that we set together. Like those are the things that I'm going to bring as a leader. But if you're looking for an expert in content, I, I, I'm not going to be able to do that. You guys are the experts and really building them up to know that. And then at the same time, knowing that if you're not the expert, we can, we can help you get to be one. Like we can get you the PD, we can get you the training, we can do all those things so that I think far too often in schools. And I, I know I get caught into this, mix of, well, there's a book for that, or there's a training for that, or let's bring somebody in to help us out with that. Mm-hmm. When in reality, if we could get our staff to be those experts, we don't have to always send people out for PD. It'd be awesome if we could have the people in our building learning from each other. So we've really tried to work within our professional development model over the last couple of years to build those experts in the building. So if we're going to tackle something, we might have two or three people get trained in it, but then they're going to bring that back to our staff and they're going to teach our staff members. And they're going to be the ones that our staff are looking towards as experts and things like that. Um, I think that's gone an incredibly like that, that's, that's been one of the best things we've done because they're not always thinking like, Oh, we're bringing in an expert again. Like, that's awesome. It's the person that I've taught next to for five or six years that's coming and helping me out. Um, and there's just a lot of, there's a lot of benefit to that because that trusting relationships already there. Yeah. That's huge. 
and mm-hmm. I didn't mean to laugh at you. Yeah. You said, and you said there's a book for that. That's Caleb reads every book there is. <laughs> I buy every book there yeah. is, and I try to read every book, but that's that's hard. And to I'm do. sure his anybody <laughs> in the district, you know, if you need something, Caleb's got a book for it. So mm-hmm. yeah, we hear that a lot. But that's so awesome. I, I wasn't laughing at you. Just. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll we'll go with that no yeah, yeah right thank you hunter we'll, we'll agree with um no that's so awesome and like i'm really happy that you you mentioned that and that you're doing that model within your school i found that some of the best pd i've ever gotten is just through my morning conversations with my mentor teacher um just talking about what's going on what we're yeah. doing in our classroom or she'll pose a question to me and she's been in the game a lot longer than i have of course and so it's just looking out for those fresh perspectives from people, whether they're new, old, uh, 10 year veteran teacher, first year teacher, like we all have different expertises, expertises. We all have a different expertise and strengths to offer. And so I think part of good leadership is figuring out what those strengths are of your people and putting those people in positions to use those strengths. Like I think of my mentor teacher, she's been amazing for me in terms of designing curriculum and designing lessons because that was something that I was not very good at. I feel like I'm very, very strong at building relationships with students and getting them to do things when they don't want to do them. (laughs) And, and that was one area that she wanted to improve on. And so for us, it's been a really nice back and forth because we are using each other's strengths to each other's advantage. And it's not, but that's nothing mandated. That's no. nothing. That's like it's not outside. It's not bought and paid for PD. It's not some expert speaker out there that's coming in for one day. It's yeah. it's the small, minute conversations we have each day about the nitty gritty stuff, and that's that's been some of the most valuable PD for me. I so, couldn't agree more. So I'm gonna piggyback. Say there's a book for that. Oh but, my god. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean seriously though, uh, that was something that this year I've really tried to dig into as I've had a lot more conversations with my staff this year, and we've we've really crossed those bridges of like we're now in that comfortable phase. You know, year three of me as their leader and stuff, it, it, we're able to have some more, you know, conversations about life and about those things because we have that trusting relationship. And so, you know, I, one of the things I've been looking into is the like the strength finders assessment. And that idea of, you know, there's things that everybody is good at. And if we know what each other are good at, then we can utilize that and build off that. And that's huge. Um, You know, when you know yourself and you know your team, you're not going to ask some teammate that may not have a strength in an area to have that be their job all the time. Like, if I'm better at that, let me do it. Um, Vice versa. If you're better at something that I'm weak in. Like you do that because that's only going to make us better. Um, and the more we can learn from each other from those things that the absolute better like Absolutely. things can be mm-hmm. for sure. I think the biggest key to empowering them is just ma- making them comfortable to share their voice and letting yeah. them know, like when they do share their voice, you're going to listen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we ask for feedback and then that's all it is, is just collection of data or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you use that and put it into play and show, like, I'm really listening to what you have to say, because like Caleb said, you are the expert. I think you build that trust even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the really hard thing in my mind is how do you as leaders create that trusting environment? Because some of it has to do with the staff you have and and how well they know each other and trust each other. But as a leader too, if you're like a new principal coming in, like you're getting to know all these staff for the first time, you're asking them to teach through this pandemic, you're, you're like, just follow me, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, but I, I just don't, like, I guess it happens over time, 
and there's yeah. no maybe uh, set moment that that trust is built, but it's I feel like it's probably a collection of decisions that are made and moments of support for each other, whether it's teacher to teacher, admin and teacher, where those moments of support and, and um, I don't know, sharing, like combine over time to result in that trusting relationship. But that's been something that I've been thinking about is how does that actually formulate over time? And can we be intentional about creating that? Yes, I think so. And I think it's really different for each person and each building. And what's the climate like that you're walking into? Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, we were pretty lucky to kind of have some, you know, Caleb being at the middle school before he came to Cardinal to be the principal there, kind of knew a little about the building and the people just through working in the district. Mm -hmm. I was pretty lucky to know a little about the middle school because he had worked there. And like, I said, you know, some of our friends work there. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had a little bit of insider knowledge, if you will, mm -hmm. but not, we were still fresh meat, like mm -hmm. <laughs> I hadn't been leaders. I hadn't been a principal before, but I think the biggest key for me walking into the middle school was taking down some of the walls that had been built up um, emotionally and trust. And I'm a pretty soft hearted, emotional <laughs> person. So that was a strength for me, mm -hmm. I think, to just mm -hmm. kind of be real with people from the start. Um, be transparent as much as possible and it's definitely not like a you have to listen to me because I'm your boss that mm -hmm. that doesn't work for anybody no, or no. you have to yep. you know build this relationship you have to let people come at their own time to mm -hmm. that part of their side of the relationship and build on their strengths mm -hmm. um, build them up let their voice be heard and like I said just truly listen mm -hmm. is such a huge piece of of gaining that trust yep yeah, seek first to understand, then yeah. be understood. Okay. Leader in me. Yeah. Always yeah. In um, yeah. <laughs> this is like one topic that I could probably talk hours on. Like just the idea just of, oh, yes. Like I could actually stay on a topic probably with this one. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it, it is amazing. The more we talk about just the idea of strengths and how that builds much, so much trust. Um, trust is huge. You have to have it. I, that was one of those rookie mistakes I made in year one. When I was hired at Cardinal, I knew one of the big things that they wanted was a behavior program. Um, they wanted something that we could build off of our behavior program. Um, we were utilizing PBIS and something that we could, you know, sure up PBIS, but put in some intervention programming and things like that with it. So I spent hours, days, just trying to piecemeal and figure every little tiny thing out. And then had like this 60 page packet of the plan. Like this is the system. We just got to follow it and put it in front of my staff. And it fell like faster than the Hindenburg. I mean, it was <laughs> awful. Um, not because it wasn't good stuff and the staff liked what they had, but they didn't have any part in it. Like right. they, they didn't have their stamp on it. So the following year, um, I asked for volunteers and asked for staff members to help me build the, the program and the system. And we did a lot of learning together, a lot of first time learning from me um, as well. And that helped so much in that this year as we're implementing some of those things, there are staff members that now have that vested interest in it. So they're ensuring that it's happening. Like they're following through with it. They're showing others that the power of, well, if we do the interventions this way, 
we're going to yield results. And we've probably had the fewest behaviors we've had in my time here in Makokata. Um, and it's not because we went with the system that I tried showing them in year one. Mm-hmm. It's because we're with going with the system that everybody had their stamp on. Now, if you put both of them side by side, they're going to look very similar. They're going to have a lot of similar components, but the other is way better because it involved more than just me. And I think that's another way to really build that trust and, and to, you know, get your staff to understand that I'm in this with you. It's not me telling you what to do yeah. um, is, is huge. Oh so. yeah. The way you frame those uh, initiatives, you know, mm-hmm. you could, you could have literally had this identical plans, um, mm-hmm. but you know, like the fact that they were involved and included and could share their voice and, and work through it with you versus after the fact is so much more powerful and that's going to allow them to be bought into it because they've yeah. gone through the process. They've thought through it all. They've worked with you on it as well. And so, yeah, I'm even seeing that as a second year teacher now, just yeah. all the different ways that administration and just leaders too. I mean, even instructional coaches, you put any, any leadership position within a school and, and students too, like teachers to students. Mm-hmm. If you aren't, including your stakeholders in the process, then it's much, much more difficult to try and be successful with whatever initiative you're, you're creating. So that's awesome that you recognize that. And then it's actually really successful now, which is awesome. Um, Okay. So changing gears a little bit, I know you both are at different, you're in the same district, but you're at different schools and grade levels. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what lessons have you learned from each other uh, that you uh, like about each other's schools that you apply to your own school. You want to start? You want me to? You go ahead. I've learned that Amanda is way better at this than I am. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, uh, I That's mean, not true. We are so different when it comes to this. But I think that is. Look at her. She's honestly, being so kind. I know, right? After she hit me, you can't see that. That's on it, the camera's off. But no. <laughs> I was not prepared for you to say that. That is not true. But I. Honestly, Hunter, I think that is one of the biggest things. And I think this, this lesson can apply. Like I said, this is a topic I could talk on for hours. Um, this applies when it comes to building an admin team, when it applies to building your own staff. If you're sitting in the admin seat and you are in charge with hiring people, you have to hire people that are going to take you from where you are to where you want to go, not where you're currently at. And I think when I look at our admin team and every position that we've been able to hire and stuff, we've been able to take our, our team and make, get it to another level because we're missing something. We're missing that piece. And so I, I have the joy and pleasure of living with the same person that I sit at the table at um, that pushes me in areas. Like I know my strengths. I'm a visionary. I have out their ideas. I can be very politically minded. I'm a planner in that I can like forecast five, six steps ahead of where we're at. Those are my strengths. Empathy is my lowest strength. I I am not an incredibly empathetic person, which is that idea of when I year one, when I felt like I, this is what we need to do. I came and I slapped a plan on the table and said, here's what we should do. We should just do it. And then when it didn't get picked up and run with, I had to sit there and be like, what the heck's going on? I'm, I'm the boss. Why is this not working? <laughs> um, and I had to have those people around me, you know, check me on that and, and remind me of, okay, that part is probably not one of your strengths. So you need to build on it. That's where Amanda's amazing at. 
Like she, when it comes to the empathetic side of leadership, um, you know, her whole mantra is like lead with love. Like I'm going to continue to lead with love. And since she started saying that when I have a decision or I have something sit at my desk, that's like a lens that I have to look through. Um, and I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for her. So yeah, I mean, she is way better at some things than I am. I will definitely have to admit that, but it, it, it has only made me better because I can see that and not just in personal lives, but in, um, a leadership capacity as well. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I, now I got her emotional hunter. I know. So. Pregnant. <laughs> it's hormones. Ah, yeah. Hormones, right? It's hormones. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I, we never talk about this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, like we learn so much from each other, but we don't really talk about it. Um, I, I think some things that he does, that I learn from every single day. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Caleb <laughs> at the beginning anyway, but he definitely pushes me outside of my comfort zone. And, you know, if there's something I kind of want to try, I think I might want to try, but it's a little bit different or it's a little bit scary. He's the, why not? Like, go for it. Here's a book about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is not afraid to try things that as long as kids are the focus, you can't, you can't mess that up. And he mm -hmm. reminds me of that all the time. Yeah. So, um, so there's definitely a balancing act within our own relationship, I guess that we didn't mm -hmm. even really realize, but yep. well, I'm glad that this is helping you realize it. You yeah, guys are, yeah, this is awesome. Podcast <laughs> and therapy all in one. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's great. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. No, seriously, that is so cool that you guys are able to balance each other's strengths and weaknesses. And you're and and it's not like even becoming a weakness anymore because over time it right. it starts to become a strength. You're around that you're around mm -hmm. each other so often, of course, and and learning from each other and reflective and willing to take feedback that it's gonna help grow you grow that strength. Like Caleb, a year from now, you'll probably be much more empathetic than you ever mm -hmm. thought you could be, you know, like, right. like that's yeah. really, that's really hard to think about in, in the moment. And I'm actually having some of the similar, uh, I sort of revelations, I suppose is the word where I am just wanting to go, go, go. I'm like positive all the time. And I don't know why we slow down for anyone. We should just yes. like go. <laughs> and, and I have to realize that, you know, people like I'll take my seventh grade team, for example, the other people on my team, might need just time to think about things mm -hmm. like and just process. It's not that I used to think that, oh, by taking time to process means that you disagree. No, mm -hmm. that's not what that means. Like you just need to take time to think about it. Cause yeah. for me, I'm just like, why even think like, this is a great mm -hmm. idea. Let's just go, let's do it. And so it's understanding and practicing the empathy and, and yeah, I mean, it's, we all recognize our strengths and weaknesses. And so it's a matter of kind of like finding those accountability partners to really yep. highlight where you can grow and, and where you can balance off each other. But that's, that is so cool that you guys get the chance to reflect each, each day with each other and apply those strengths in, to your own schools. Like that's a really unique mm -hmm. thing, I think. And, and you get to see that at the decision-making table too. It's not like yeah. you're going off to separate districts or separate, yeah, mm -hmm. separate districts really. And, um, one decision worked out because of the politics of the school. And you know what right. I mean? Like you're literally right. in the same place yeah. making the wheels turn. And that's, that's just really fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I mean, I look at just that concept, like my instructional coach and I, she's in her um, master's program right now too. And they had unknowing between the two of us, we both took the strength finders assessment and it was amazing to look at where my strengths are 
and like where her strengths are and how that directly correlates to why we work so well together. Because like Hunter, if you and I probably got locked into a room, we are going to come up with some of the craziest ideas. And then we're going to go say like, we just need to do these because this is the way it should be. <laughs> yep. But if we don't have that other person like, okay, can we put that on paper first and like actually play that out? Like we're probably going to be missing something, which is exactly what my instructional coach does. Um, and then similarly, when I'm coming up with these crazy ideas and I'm talking to Amanda about them at night, she's like, yeah, how's that going to go over for this person? Like, how's it going to work for them? You're probably gonna have to pump the brakes there. Or it's like, yeah, absolutely. Like I needed that person to help pull me back. Um, I think, uh, is it Todd Nizloni just shared that uh, post the other day. It's on my Facebook right now. Yeah. No. You need the people to say no. You need the people to say, take a moment and think about this. You need those people around you. You can't have the cheerleaders sitting at the table with you either. Right. Like, cause of all that, if all you do is surround yourself with cheerleaders, you're probably going to be making some decisions that shouldn't be made. Right. So absolutely great advice. Um, and speaking of advice, any other advice that you might have for people looking to going into administration? I'm actually starting up my master's in the fall um, in education leadership, but a lot of people that listen to this podcast as well are just interested in the administration uh, sort of life, what that all entails, and, and just some wisdom that you could offer to anyone looking to go into leadership. I don't know if it's wisdom, but <laughs> I think... No matter what you decide, no matter what path you take, education, especially this year, has been a very trying field, mm -hmm. and it just continues to become more and more um, on the adults in the profession. And I think the more that you can lean on the people around you, I feel like we've talked a lot about our staffs and our and each other, and that's how you're going to succeed. You mm -hmm. have so many experts at your table and in your buildings, so don't be afraid to ask questions, to say, you don't know, to get that feedback and learn from it. Because I think that's how mm -hmm. you find success is in yeah. your team. It's not a one person job, no matter what field you're in, in education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, and this is like that. I'm trying to think how to answer this Hunter. Um, my first knee jerk reaction is just, just do it. <laughs> like, just do it. Like if you've had that thought of like, maybe I want to be a principal or maybe I want to be a, a building leader or a district leader, just do it. Because if the thoughts in your head, there's a reason it's there. Um, and I think the, the moment you get into that program, like it's going to start coaxing out what, why you had that thought. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget when Amanda, who, again, when we met was going to go into business and then we started talking about what she should get her master's in. I'm like, you know, I think you'd be a tremendous leader. You should get it in like instructional leadership. It's going to help with your TLC stuff to then that conversation of, Hey, do you want to be a principal? Like every step of that way, it was, she had that thought in her head that she had to coax out. Like, why did I want to do this? Yeah. And, and that's helped fuel immensely. Um, just what we do. And then the, the other thing that I would always say is don't take yourself too seriously. Right. I, I think that's really tough. I love my staff, but probably one of the, and I, it's not an insult, but one of the things that, you know, pet peeves, like when people say certain things that get under your skin, what I, what gets under my skin is when people come to me like, Oh man, there's no way I'd ever want to be a principal. Like I absolutely love being a principal because I love being able to work and lead the amazing people that I'm in charge of. And I think a lot of the times, like when I have staff to say, man, I just don't want your job. 
like, you know, to a degree, I don't want your job as a teacher. Like, I know what it's like being a teacher. I know what you guys have to do on a daily basis. I know the prep work that goes into every one of your lessons. I know how you critique yourselves at night when you look in the mirror, like, did I reach this kid today? Or did I say this right? Or did I fumble that situation? Like, I know all of that on a day to day. Every situation's different. And I think when you take on some of the other roles within school, you really start to see those bigger pictures of being part of a system. And the more you figure out that you're a part of a system and not an individual, like that's huge. So I truly think like everyone has a story. Everyone Mm -hmm. has a way they tell what's happening in their lives or, you know, what's going on in your school. And until you hear those voices, your story is going to be told from one point of view. right? Right. So you have to get everybody's perspective to make sure it's coming together and what you're sharing out the story of mm-hmm. Cardinal elementary or Makokata middle school. Isn't just from me, the principal, No, but that people really living it every day mm-hmm. in the truth. So it's not just yep. because I said, so that yep. doesn't work for anybody. Nobody no. wants to read that book. No, nobody wants to read that book. <laughs> I mean, the best books that you read are the ones of like shared leadership where you've disseminated those leadership practices amongst your staff and everybody's contributing, you know, and that's one of the big pieces of leader in me is everybody is a leader. If if you are a teacher and you never thought of yourself as a school leader, you're wrong. You lead a classroom every day you step in. Um, Like that's, that's one of the most important leadership roles in education. Um, And so that's way more important than my job as a principal or the job of a superintendent and stuff. Like you're in charge of kids, the front line every day. Um, Like that's, that's huge. So yeah, I would encourage anybody that's ever thinking about going into leadership to definitely go for it. Give it a shot. I mean, give us a call. <laughs> give us a call. I've got my elevator speech as to why I think it's the best, you know, masters to get. Like <laughs> <laughs> almost done. Almost done. <laughs> That's awesome. So and at least she's got out of her jammies. Yes. Progress. <laughs> Progress. Progress. Well, speaking of which, how can people connect with you both? I think the best way we have a principal's bonder Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you message there, we get that directly on both of our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, did you set up a Gmail for that? Uh, yes, there's a okay. principal's bonder Gmail or at gmail.com. Um, you could email me at Kayla bonder at gmail.com um, from like a private email. Um, my Facebook's open. Um, it's public. Oh, dog. <laughs> Door open. So dog's got to freak out too. <laughs> Everyone um, go visit Caleb on Facebook. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Um, she's going to it. Yeah, right she's now. going to it right now. <laughs> um, so no, yeah, that we're easy to, we're find, easy to find Twitter. I'm at, at Mr. Bonjour. Um, I don't know what your Twitter handle is. At a bonjour. Yeah. The number two, the letter U. Oh, a bonjour yeah. to you. Oh, fancy. hello to you. That's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome. And then Amanda's way better at Instagram than I am. I have an Instagram. I can't remember it. And she she's the she's the insta, insta queen. I'm not. So we're out there. We're out there. <laughs> awesome. And I'll be sure to plug those in in the show notes. So anyone that's wanting to connect with Caleb and Amanda, I'll plug all those in there. So awesome. it'll be easy to find. All right. Final question. So say there is, and I think both of you really like this. Uh, say there's a complete revision of schools across the world. And we decide to build a brand new education system from scratch. As they interview educators across the world to shape this new school system, they select both 
Caleb Bonger and Amanda Bonger. Um, so the rule is though, you're interviewing and you're, you're giving advice and thoughts on how to improve the school system and create it from scratch, but you're only limited to three statements. So what would those three statements be? We got to go back and forth. <laughs> you go ahead. Okay. Um, every student, this is like one of my mantras. Every student should have an IEP. It should all be individualized. That, that, to me, that would be the best way to do education is getting each individual student exactly what they need on their path. That was more than one sentence. But it's a, it was all one statement. So <laughs> I'll count that. <laughs> it meets the rubric requirements. There we go. Uh, I know Caleb said this earlier. I would say lead with love. Like mm -hmm. simple as that. No matter what your position is, teacher, custodian, bus driver, secretary, principal, whatever you do, uh, do it in love for the kids and for the job and for the, the greater good of, of the district, of society. You could keep going, you know, lead with love. That's my sentence. That's way more than one sentence. So um, I don't know if that one met, met the entire opinions. rubric, but um, we'll allow it. it was perfect. Okay. Um, I'm an easy grader. Thank you. Um, the other thing I would say is have, um, everything built around the needs of the student and community. I think a lot of the times you can see the next flashy thing and you're like, Oh, that'd be awesome to bring to our school, but it may not be what your school needs or what your kiddos need. Um, I think that's where having your pulse on what are the new up and coming careers? What are the new up and coming things that we need to implement? So that would be the other thing is just making sure it's tailored towards the needs of your students and your community. Definitely. And since it's two of you, I'll, I'll allow it this time. Amanda, if you want to add an extra one, so it's even two and two, I'll, I'll allow it this time. Okay. <laughs> and I would just add, cre create good humans. You know, you might, or mold good humans. You looked at me funny when I said, I would say, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just help mold good humans. You know, they yeah. may not remember exactly what they learn about the constitution in eighth grade history, but they're going to remember how they felt in your building. If you gave them some skills that they can take on to the next level. Um, you're just trying to make the world a better place overall. Yeah. To summarize your statement, yeah. I would say SEL at the forefront. Absolutely. That's a better, thank you. I, I mean, everything that like Amanda just said goes right into the idea of we can't take care of academics until we take care of, you know, the person. Yeah, the person. So we got to take care of our kiddos first and put all of their needs at the forefront and give them the skills and the, you know, abilities to advocate for themselves and to take care, you know, just take care of their needs. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Principals bond are changing the world. This is awesome. There we go. <laughs> I really appreciate it, you guys. This is so much fun. Thank you. Hunter. Absolutely. Thank you, Hunter. Thank you for listening to the Ed Essentials podcast, original music by Patrick Cunningham. Links to connect with us and our guests are in the show notes. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Always bring your best, and we'll see you next time on the Ed Essentials podcast.